Yeah, where's it coming from? Let's find out. Welcome to the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Barbara Fisher, and with me is Kendra Mauer and Morgana. Tonight, we're talking with Timothy Renner, the multi-talented podcaster, musician, artist, and author. His most recent books are Where the Footprints End, High Strangeness, and the Bigfoot Phenomena, Volume 1, with Joshua Cutchin, and Apparitions, Illustrations of the Other, a beautiful collection of his artwork. Soon, volume two of Where the Footprints End is coming out, and I anticipate it gleefully. Hello and welcome, Timothy. Hello. Thank you for having me. Well, we're very excited to have you here. Um, We are hoping to talk with you about the other. Um, We really are interested in the use of the word the other to denote what some people call um, non-human intelligences or... (laughs) other people think of as just a, the umbrella term paranormal phenomena. Where right. did you get that term? Um, and, and when did you start using it? I can't remember where I found it. <laughs> I think, I, I think it's, I want to say I probably stole it from Soraya. Um, <laughs> where, where did the road go? Host to where did the road go? I'm, I'm thinking I probably heard him say it. And then I thought, this is a fabulous idea. I'm going to uh, steal this. And no, it just seemed like a good catch-all term because I've heard people say like, you know, you'll hear the Fey people say, well, everything is Fey. And you'll hear the the Jin people say, well, everything is Jin. And, you know, I might argue everything is Bigfoot, but that's, you know, well and down mm-hmm. the road. Uh, but I think there's a, there's a sort of, commonality that runs through this stuff and i don't think anyone i think yes everything is fate and yes everything is gin and also yes everything is ghosts and potentially yes everything is bigfoot uh but rather than try to put it in these boxes i think just having a term like other uh is is a little bit more convenient and less um you know gin tends to pin it to like one cultural you know, kind of group and, and Faye does as well. I think even though it's a little broader, I think that pins it to another cultural group. Whereas just saying other is, feels more universal to me. That makes sense. I like that. Yeah. I I like, I like that terminology as well. Um, Do you think it is all, like you said, it is all Faye. It is all gin. It is all Bigfoot. It is all ghosts. I think that, that universalist sort of perspective is is more common now than it used to be, but it still works some people's nerves seemingly sure. because I've, yeah. I've I've said that and uh, people have nah that's not true it can't be like that so <laughs> what you know how how do you see I try not to put things in boxes but then things happen. And it puts itself in a box. And then my brain just kind of goes out my ears and I don't know what to do. Right. So 
what do, is there a tension there with, you know, yes, it's all the same thing and no, it's not. And then somewhere in the middle, that's yeah, where I mean, I'm trying to balance. You know, it's really hard. And the, I guess the best way is to think of Venn diagrams. And if you have your different circles and you have Bigfoot in one and UFOs in another and ghosts in another and, you know, uh, whatever else, you know, in another and magical experiences and so forth. And, and then just look at the areas where they cross over and you find so much shared ground in these Venn diagrams. Are they all the same thing? I don't know. Nobody knows, you know, but, yeah. but a big hairy thing walking through the forest is Bigfoot until it walks through a solid tree. And then it's a ghost, you know, I, I mean, where, where does one begin and the other end? Well, and I think you brought that up the same with Mothman, Barbara, and the spirit versus corporeal, where it doesn't necessarily behave like a physical thing all the time. Yeah. 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 And that's the, that's the other, you know, then you have the Venn diagram of, is it physical? Is it not physical? Right. And then you have people, you know, yelling on both ends of the diagram going, it is physical and it's not physical. Well, there are these stories where Bigfoot attacks people. Which I was about I, to do, I was about to do a, a, um, a, a visual example. And then I realized, oh, this is a podcast, even though we have, <laughs> <laughs> behind the scenes, we have cameras going here. So we can, uh, if you know a Moebius strip. Mm-hmm. And you know that the idea, like if an ant walks a Moebius strip, he will walk both front and back of the strip before he comes around and makes a full circle because of the, the, the twist in the strip. Yeah. The best exercise I can, I can tell people in order to visualize it, because it's very hard to visualize things being apparitional and physical. And when I say things like, uh, you know, something's apparitional or something is an archetype. I think people get the idea that, I mean, they're very ephemeral things that aren't real and can't be physical. And it's, just, it's really, it's a concept I struggle with, uh, that something can be both physical and apparitional. And they seem to be opposites. But the exercise I tell people to do is, is take a strip of paper, write apparitional on one side of it, write physical on the other, twist it into a Moebius strip, and then you get a better idea. Because then you, you have to travel through the apparitional all the way through the physical and back to, to make that, that kind of circle. And it's in a way, it's both things at once. It doesn't explain anything, but it helps me visualize better, like how these things can be both here and there or, or both here and not here at the same time. I like that. Yeah. Interesting side note. Ven, V-E-N-N in Nor Norwegian means friend. I always thought that was a neat little, because it's like little friend Friend circles. Oh, yeah. That is a neat thing. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Is, is that where the, uh, the derivation of that comes from? I'm not sure, but it certainly seems that I can have, I will actually look that up because now I'm curious. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like there's a mathematician somewhere named Ven. <laughs> I know, right? But that's what I always assumed. It was somebody's <laughs> name. Um, when there's, when you, when you've got the definition, Kendra, you know, it's a name, John Venn. Okay, now yeah. we know it's a mathematician, but there is the little coincidental name that means friend. That means friend. Now I'll never forget what it means. Right. Um, I probably will, but I don't want to. 
<laughs> I would like to say I'll remember that. But. I remember all kinds of generally useless knowledge, and that is going to enter the store of generally useless knowledge that lives <laughs> in my head. Um, what sort of, uh, you know, what was it that I was going to look at? Do when when you're talking about the other or when you're experiencing the other, um, is it sort of your awareness of it is always there? Or is it a can you turn it on and off kind of situation? I know some people are open all the time, but others aren't. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I could turn off if I wanted to. I, I think there were times I, I would have liked to <laughs> and uh, and was not able to. So maybe some people can, but but I can. I just I tend to thrust myself in these situations and uh, just see what happens, I guess. I don't know if that answered your question. Or not. Yeah, it did. I think you're kind of like we are. That, you know, generally weird stuff just happens around us and yeah, we, well, I mean, we the, notice it <laughs> that's why you know the, the the name of your podcast is is wonderful and and john keel is a great inf inspiration for me because um he kind of thrust himself in the middle of those investigations and said let's let's see what happens and then he reported what the witnesses said but he also said like hey all this weird stuff happened to me too you know so he's kind of adding his own uh, take to the mix there, which which I think being as, as human as all this stuff at least seems to me, I think that's uh, a valid approach. I don't, I don't think there's right and wrong, but I think that's absolutely a valid approach. I've read um, both of, both of, two of your books. I don't know if I've read the other Toad Road book, um, but you are always talking about bones. Yeah. And I get, I read that and I was like, it's someone else who gets bones. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I have always found bones, turtle shells, um, and feathers. Pretty much anytime I am in the woods, I will stumble across bones. When I find them, though, I, want, I wanted to ask if this is how you come across them or if it's different. Because when I come across them, I like to say I have finding medicine because whenever I'm out in nature, stuff will tug at me. Mm -hmm. And there's just a certain feeling that I have that is there's something out here that needs to be discovered and I will walk and sort of follow the feeling until I find whatever needs found. And that has ranged from gray owl feathers to live salamanders in a spring that I didn't know was there to bones. Um, the most recent one was at the ridges. I came across an entire um, back half of a deer skeleton that had been pulled into the woods and probably eaten by coyotes, which is pretty cool because I'm fond of coyotes. Um, and the place where a woodpecker had shed some of its um, had fletched. 
And I just wanted to know, because I know you say the other leaves them for you, but do you sometimes just have that sense of there are bones out here that need found or somebody's left me something? I, I almost don't need it because they're in such obvious places. Yeah. Uh, you know, my when it started happening, it was on Toad Road and that skull was, well, I'd found a skull in the middle of a path, like a little raccoon skull. I returned a couple weeks later and saw something moving in the brush, which I don't know what it was. It's bigger than anything that should be in Pennsylvania. It was gray and black. That's all I can say. Uh, someone said it was a, a bull elk that came south. We haven't had elk here in 200 years or something. Well, 100, 150 years maybe. But in any case, um, <clears throat> I'd sooner believe it was the ghost of an elk than than uh, an actual bull elk that had gotten uh, down here in some way. Uh, and we do have we do have uh, wapiti, you know, ghost elk stories in the area. But in any case, whatever it was, I followed it and I ran into this skull that was impaled on a branch, which is the cover of uh, Don't Look Behind You, my one book. And that started a, a whole series of events where I would just find things. And like the next Bigfoot investigation I went on after that, I uh, the, the witness had seen it across a pond in his yard and he told me, you know, go over there. He wouldn't go over to the other side <laughs> of the pond. So I'm not going over there. They told me where they were. I said, well, I'll go over and you tell me to, to stop where they were standing and I'm going to raise my walking stick and you tell me how high they were. And he said, all right. So I go across this pond and I'm standing over. He says, okay, stop there. And you know, I'm raising my walking stick and they, they're about eight, nine feet tall. So whatever it was, it's pretty big. And anyway, when we're done all that, I look down at my feet and there's just this perfectly clean deer skull just sitting there right where he said the creatures were standing. And it, so it tends to happen like that. Um, most recently, we've been finding mylar balloons and stuff, which, you know, is a whole other thing. But uh, we were on a, a hike uh, on uh, that toad road again. I came across a mylar balloon and took about five steps away from that and then found a pig skull. And there, there's no pig farms nearby and there's no, uh, there's no uh, wild boar in the area either, to my knowledge. So uh, we ended up finding two pig skulls that day. So it's not, I'm not looking hard for these things. They're just literally almost falling into my lap. And, yeah. you know, I, I collected skulls from the time I was a kid, but I never found them at this rate where I'm just, it seems like I'm, I go out and I come home with a skull. I, yeah. it's, it's pretty amazing to me. I've ended up with a collection, but I also have dogs that like to take care of the raccoons in my yard. So I have a lot of <laughs> raccoon skulls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I I've noticed that squirrels love to chew on them because I, yeah. I have so so many now that I have inside and outside skulls. I didn't know uh, that that squirrels were such uh, big bone chewers, but they won't it's, they won't make short work of a any any skulls left outside. It's crazy. That's how they get their calcium. They that's that they get the minerals from it. Yeah, it is mildly horrifying. Yeah, squirrels. <laughs> uh, they're cute till they're gnawing on, gnawing on your eye socket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, hopefully they wait until you're not using it anymore, you know. <laughs> Fair. They'll drag around like deer skulls, too. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A deer skull has gone missing, and a, a squirrel has, has drug it over to a tree, you know. <laughs> Maybe that's what the dead mummified bird on my front porch two months ago was. Maybe there's a squirrel. Um that's what happens to me when 
weird things show up is I, I end up with small mummified birds on my front step that have been quite obviously placed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we live I mean, in town. I, yeah. Not to be matter of fact about it, but to me, that's just like, yeah, yeah, that happens. Yeah, you know? Exactly. No, that was how I, co- I went outside and went, ah, oh! <laughs> it just kind of moved on. Tidied you texted it up. me. Yeah, I texted you after I tidied it up because I didn't want the dog to eat it. Um, oh, no. It being bird bones. Um, I actually, I, I ended up with a deer skull and uh, full backbone. And it was so weird. Often one of my random stories, a friend of mine, my, my husband came home one night and said, if you hit a deer, is it yours to keep? And I'm like, did you hit a deer? And he goes, kind of. I'm like, you don't kind of hit a deer. You hit a deer or you did not hit a deer. We got the deer home. Um, and it, long story of getting it field dressed. The next day I was going to take it to get cleaned. They don't clean deer in the, in the spring. So I had to clean to butcher the deer myself. And a friend of mine, I called another friend of mine who talked me through the butchering process. And then I had wanted to clean the skull but I forgot about it. You put it on an anthill, you put a uh, bucket over it and you put a rock on it and it'll clean the skull for you. But I had forgotten about it and it was gone. The day after he died, my friend died like five years later, a skull and the full backbone just appeared in my front yard. Oh wow. It was the weirdest thing. That is Yeah. Yeah. That is really strange. Yeah. I'm I'm surprised that Warren didn't know how to butcher a deer. He's a vet, not large animal. (laughs) Okay, yeah, yeah. he does cats and emergency work with cats and dogs. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, the anatomy's similar. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Not a big like steaks. It's that whole get the guts out without spilling the guts in the cavity. Heart messy. It's messy, and you got to make sure not to mess it up because then you foul your meat. Yeah, I no, I know. Yeah, remember farm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Helped do that with with things bigger than deer and yeah, yeah. Chickens are the worst though. They yeah. smell. Chickens are yeah. I don't like doing chickens. Um, yeah, bones are bones are a thing that we find. I've I've been given gifts by crows for years because I've been feeding the same crow family for about. 12 years now. Oh, that's awesome. I'm jealous. Something like that. I wanted yeah. to make friends with crows. It's really easy. I, some of the They flock, like spaghetti. Yes, they do. Um, but some of the flock she's been feeding when I moved out at 18 split and came with me. Oh, wow. So I've actually been um, continuing to feed them and they follow me from house to house. And this year they started letting their fledgling stay on my deck during the day because there was I put up water for him and so there's like seed and bugs and because I have a garden out there Mm -hmm. there's potato bugs and stuff for him to eat and they would let me sit out there with him wow for for chunks of the day and he and I would just kind of hang out and I'd see them in the trees um, about 20 feet away and I first time I went out there and he was out there and didn't flutter off I was expecting dive bombing because that's what crows do. And they were fine. 
Um, <laughs> and since then, I've been finding crow feathers. The, that's what they bring me, is they bring me feathers. Because yep. oh, they've oh. seen me pick them up. So they know I like them, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's all. Awesome. Yeah, just start feeding a flock. And just... I've tried. We, we have some local ones, but they're real... Um... They're real uh, uh, sketchy about people. Somebody might have shot at them. It could be. Yeah. They remember that kind of stuff. Oh, yes. Which is why I'm never mean to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated by crows. I, I had a, a friend, friend of a friend, kind of acquaintance in middle school who had, I uh, cared for an injured one and it just stayed. Yeah. So he had this you know, essentially a pet crow, which, you know, I don't think you're, I think they're considered raptors. So I think you have to have a, a raptor license to have a pet crow. Mm, they're covered under the Migratory Bird Act, as I recall. But yeah, you're supposed to have a, a rehab yeah. license or something. Yeah, I don't think you yeah. just grab one and... and yeah, no, you're not. I mean, I mean, my uncle did that 30 years ago in case any, you know, wildlife cops are listening. Um, <laughs> but... Tuck it yeah, like a football you're not supposed run. to. I, I there was a woman um, way back when Stonebreath was playing pagan festivals. I remember there was a woman who had a, a pet crow. She'd have on her shoulder. That was I, always really really neat. They are really cool animals. Okay, so another weird question. Thank you for talking about the bones. Because oh, I, I was talk all night about <laughs> I was excited about that. Um, because I was not used to other people who would walk into the woods and come out with like a skull or a skull and a couple other bones and some feathers. And my boyfriend currently is tell has been telling me I'm not allowed to bring more bones home because our, our house is starting to look vaguely creepy. And he's like, we, what do we need all of these for? Why are you bringing deer toe bones into the house? Please stop. <laughs> And I'm like, I'll make it into a necklace. It's fine. And he's like, well, you don't need a deer bone necklace. I'm like, what if I do? I, I sometimes have to do things. No, stop. My personal view of the other is it is both universal and specific. Um, because I think it is more or less from the same source in general. I don't like to make like big sweeping I know things mm -hmm. statements about it. Because I don't, nobody does, and I feel like whatever I say, it's going to hear me and then screw with me by either doing <laughs> the exact opposite. Right, right. <laughs> That's how it or, works with me. Or doing something to confirm something that I already think is going to happen, and then I'm just going to end up being messed with in some way. But I also think it can be sort of specific, because I think... Things do seem to get filtered through a cultural and a personal lens. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, I guess what I'm trying to ask is why do you think you've seen the things you've seen? Do you think that's what they actually are looking like or are they filtering through some lens of yours? Hmm. I, I mean, sometimes I think I sometimes I think you can get what you ask for, and sometimes I think you can get the opposite. And I, I I don't know if that's a roll of the dice 
or if it's messing with you or it has to do with your state of mind. Um, when I had the, the sort of uh, gray abduction, quote unquote abduction type experiences, I think I'd been ignoring this stuff at that point for a long time. Now this is me looking back, you know, at this time to, to me at age 22 or whenever that happened. And I was in college and, uh, right now I think, I think that I had been ignoring this stuff. You know, I had gotten into, into girls and punk rock and my sort of fascination with, uh, with the paranormal had waned, and I, I really think it was the the other sort of reaching out and saying, oh, you're not done with this. <laughs> We're not done with you. And uh, coming into my life in that way, I don't know why it chose that form because I'm still not a huge fan of, of Grays. Um, although the last time I saw them, they were sort of almost humorous and, and doing more of a, seemed like they were doing sort of a ritual, although they were dressed absolutely ridiculously. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. yeah it, it sounded but, like a much more palatable. Yes. Less yeah, disturbing I, thing. I've, I've sort of said to, to, you know, the, the universe, like if that's what you're going to give me with those things, bring it on. Cause that was like, I, I can handle that. It was just weird. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't, uh, terrifying and I didn't feel like I, I had no agency that was my big problem with the earlier encounters I, I felt like I, I had no agency like they were doing things to me and I couldn't move and it just was like nah I don't I'm, I didn't agree to this and I've had people tell me no you just have to go through it it's a shamanic no. experience and that and I, I I feel like that's you wouldn't tell that to somebody in real life you know real life you know what I mean though I yeah mean, physical you, life you, yeah you wouldn't tell someone you just have to go through that you'd say no they had no right to do that to you you know yeah so you know i i i don't uh, you know subscribe to the to the shamanic uh uh journey thing of that so much i can see it and i can and you know i've, I've had people tell me that's what it was for them and i can I'm like good you know good for you in a way <laughs> but for me i just yeah i don't like giving over agency like that so if it's going to be the kind of thing where where I have agency and where I'm, I don't feel like I'm, I'm captive, you know, I'm okay with that. Uh, but to circle back to your question and, and some of this comes from just talking to people, you know, I'm talking to witnesses every week on the podcast and so forth. And you, you hear like people talking about when I was a kid, I saw, you know, cartoon characters, like, like real life come to life, you know, cartoon characters. And you wonder if these things just aren't skinned in a sense. So he saw a cartoon character. Maybe I would have seen a gray or, or you know, a ghost or a Bigfoot. Who, who knows? Uh, given the same experience. So I think sometimes you're, you're given a push. You're given something that needs to push you in, in a certain way. And I think sometimes you're you're given what you want. I think sometimes people go out looking for Bigfoot and they'll see Bigfoot. And then other times they go out looking for Bigfoot and a UFO flies over, you know, yeah. it's, it's uh, completely unpredictable. And that's the frustrating thing about it. It's like, you cannot predict it. You can't even if you, if you came out with me to site seven, that, that area I go to see lights, I could 
tell you we're probably going to see lights um, more often than not I, that I've taken people there. We, I've been able to see the lights with people, but I can't tell you exactly what form they're going to take. They've been different almost every time. You know, there's some mm -hmm. similarities, but in general, they, they act differently every time. And sometimes it, sometimes it gets very intimidating and, and ominous and other times it's, it seems very playful. So, you know, it's, it's such a, a, a mystery with this stuff, but, um, so yeah, I think it can be personal. I think it can be specific. And also I think it can be completely unpredictable and that's the danger with it. I was on another podcast recently and they were saying, you know, I was talking about sort of like the gifting exchanges and all this stuff. And, and this guy said, well, what would you recommend for other people? And I said, you know, honestly, if you can be happy just reading about it, and some people can't, some people need to experience it themselves. They need to, but if you can be happy just li listening to other people's experiences on podcasts or, or reading about it and so forth, it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier and a lot uh, makes your life a lot simpler, um, and potentially you know happier because this stuff can get weird and it can go in directions that you don't want it to go at at the drop of a hat. But at this point. You know, it's, it's literally my job. So, you know, <laughs> luckily I, I kind of enjoy it. I guess I'm a masochist in some sense, but uh, I, I kind of enjoy it. I more than kind of enjoy it. I do enjoy it. I, I love my job. But uh, beyond that, I, I think even if it wasn't, I, I would just keep at it because it's just so fascinating to me. And I know there's other people like that that are just, they have to experience it for themselves. They have yeah. to. So proceed with caution. Yeah, <laughs> for real. I mean, I'm, I was kind of born into it really. Uh, but there's, I think it does also going back to your, in your twenties, they, they showed up to sort of go, we're not done with you yet. Mm -hmm. That happens. Cause I, I go through periods where I, when I was younger, I was like really into it. And then I got older and like, wasn't doing it as much. And then stuff will flare up mm -hmm. if, your attention is wanted it will get your attention that's my dog uh, not a poltergeist not a poltergeist <laughs> it's just my dog <laughs> um oh and actually you jogged a memory when i was about four i remember waking up and i would sleep with my head under the pillow and it was early in the morning the sun had already come up and I didn't want to get up yet. And I looked out of the gap between the pillow and the wall and some teeny tiny cartoon characters that had been printed on my sheets were standing up and walking. Wow. And I, that was either my first hypnagogic hallucination, which it totally could have been. Mm -hmm. um, or yeah, stuff does show up to little kids in cute ways. I mean, the giant orange floating head that was like a couple years later wasn't cute, and neither was one of the ghosty things in my grandma's house. But yeah, the stories I've gotten, it's like sometimes it's it's really uh, kind of almost sinister when kids will talk about like there was a cartoon character under the trailer, like telling me to come under, like waving me under, mm. come under, come under, come under, and he's like, you know, something told him not to do it, but. Yeah, what an ominous thing, you know, what, what, what did they have in store for him? What, what would happen if he went under there? You know, other times it seems like almost like, Oh yeah, I was, I woke up and I saw, you know, an 
seven foot tall Easter bunny in my living room or something. It was just Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> Who is a puka? So that that kind exactly. of fits in with the whole everything is fey anyway. Mm-hmm. So not that I think everything is fey. I, I no, tend that, that they 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 literally called him a puka in that yeah. movie, right? Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, like you just don't think of um, Hollywood being in the whenever that was with those the fifties. I think it was, was the maybe? late forties, early fifties. Was it late forties? Okay, you just don't think of being that like culturally on top of things, you know, to to uh, have a Fay reference. I know, think it came time. from a play, and it I think it was a British play. So oh, that okay. might, that's, yeah, that's, that's probably, that's probably Makes where it sense. was. Yeah. Um, I, it's, it's one of those things. I think, I think Greg Bishop's idea of co-creation is part mm-hmm. of why it has such a personal lens. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I wrote a, a letter to um, Jacques Vallée a few years back because I realized that a large number of younger uh, investigators or UFO enthusiasts or, or whatever had been very, very um, inspired by Valet and Keel um, and their ideas of, the non-extraterrestrial hypothesis, the um, multidimensional hypothesis, or as T- as Keel called them, ultra-terrestrials, or you know whatever you, however you want to call them, that, um, but that they are here, they have been here, and they seem to be communicating with humans in various ways, in various guises, and one of the things I realized is that. Keel always said once he decides something about them, they will do one of two things. He will have people come to him telling him stories that either agreed with his hypothesis that he hadn't told anyone yet, or it would prove it wrong. Mm-hmm. Or worse, he'd get both. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. you know, of course, I said, you know, sometimes I think that our brains are like closets for them that they don't have clothes of their own to wear like you said they they don't have skins of their own so they rifle around in our brains and find a skin that they can use to communicate with us and i said i think in a meta perspective that's what you and keel kind of did is your brains became the closet for a whole generation of readers to sort of shape their ideas. And now the phenomenon is using that to further shape, you know, to shape the ideas further. Right. Um, (laughs) He wrote back, he said, I never really looked at it from the meta perspective that way, that by presenting these hypotheses and having other people agree with that, that then that would shape the phenomena itself. He was trying to shape, of course, our ideas about the phenomena and how, mm-hmm. how it interacts with us. But 
then of course, if you look at the phenomena as reflexive or reflective, then it's going to reflect back. Um, but I do like the idea of it being sort of co-creative um, because if I look back at my own experiences in childhood before I really had any way to express or understand it, if I had read UFO literature, that's probably the lens that I would have looked at it through. If that mm -hmm. had been part of my everyday reality as a very young child, like a three-year-old or a four-year-old, if my dad had been reading UFO books and watching UFO shows on TV, that's probably what I would have latched onto. But instead, my grandparents and my aunts were telling me fairy stories and I was, you know, being read fairy tales and poems with illustrations from Garth Williams. And so that's what was in my head. Um, so that when things started happening in early, you know, young adulthood, when I first came to Athens, it shaped itself into that paradigm. So I do kind of wonder though, if, if there had been other paradigms, if I would have said, oh, well, you know, I was yeah, talking I, to UFO you know, aliens, but I think this is not, part of the reason why you get people I think who, actually happened. for instance, start you know reading a lot of stuff about the jinn, and they'll say, "Well, this is it. This is this this, this explains everything. It's it's jinn. It's jinn because mm -hmm. that's like the first in depth folklore they're digging into, you know, and and." You know, as a comparative folklorist, I just point out, like, well, you can do the same thing with with Fay. You can do the same thing with Germanic folklore. You can do the same thing with Native American folklore. Just you know, wherever you you choose, you know, you can find this stuff. Uh, you know, similar, if not the same stories, all over the place. But I think it's the, it's that reason, it's that lens, you know, that people interpret things through. I do think there's um, this, and this gets off track a little bit, but you know maybe this is this is another topic altogether. But I, I do think there is a a tendency for Americans to ascribe sort of an exotic value to cultures that aren't our own. So if they're reading about it being from Middle Eastern culture. They will say, "Oh, oh, this is it. This explains it." Even, even with Native American uh, mythology and, and folklore, I think there's there's a tendency to, for people to ascribe, you know, this this sort of magical otherness to it, just because it's it's not their own, because it's different, you know. And it's, uh, you know, it's this gets into like weird areas of you know what's problematic, what's not. I don't think it's problematic at all. I think it's just people being. Um, sort of naive to the fact that that you know if if you're of germanic heritage look in you can look in your own folklore and you'll find the same wonderful things and it's it's not that any one thing explains it and it's not that any one uh culture has something on another culture I, like i said i think there's this is stuff is fairly universal the way it's talked about in folklore all over but i do think that that there's a you know sort of special exotic otherness when you find it you know when when uh, Americans especially like find things in another culture and I've seen people kind of go what I feel is like go overboard with the, like everything is gin kind of thing yeah and know? of course the gin would probably agree with that I <laughs> of course it's always <laughs> yes <laughs> oh, yeah I'm sure they love it right <laughs> give us sacrifices. <laughs>
some candy and and candy. Milk. Oh yeah, milk. Candy and milk. I'm a fan of candy. Which is the exact same thing you leave out for the fae. You leave out cream and honey and bread, which I did on Halloween because I have some little lights. And, you know, you ruined me on the little lights, Mom. I was not raised with a blank cultural slate to experience the other. (laughs) Sorry about that. Because it's no, I'm actually kind of glad because I I think at that particular fall at that house, if you had not taught me the rules, you would have walked into the woods. I might well have gotten. I would have walked into the woods, and you I don't might know have if I walked out back. in Wales. So Morgan, I, I I talked I talked to your mom for Strange Familiars in an interview that's yet to see the light of day, and she told me all these wonderful stories, many about lights. So so you have seen some of the lights that she talked about. Yes. Um, I have had little lights since I was three. I want to say since I was about You've seen them together? Yes. At the falling down the hill house, there were always little lights outside the house at night. And I remember seeing them out the window when I would lay down to go to sleep in the spare bedroom. And I remember them because my mom's cat, Misha, would sit on the windowsill and growl at them. Oh, wow. Um, and this this is the falling down the hill house, which is why I have no... I was ruined from the get-go to <laughs> believe in the wee folk. Because mom saw them. And I was an adorable little golden-haired three-year-old, and she was like, my baby is going to get stolen. Uh-uh. <laughs> so I learned, you know, don't step off the path, etc. Don't follow the lights. Don't step off the path. Don't go. If you hear your name called from the woods, don't follow it. Don't follow the singing, which we also heard in the woods all the time. There was singing and drumming. Um, there was both Native American flute and drums and really ethereal singing um and we would hang bells in the trees and i remember we would put cream out yep um and i also remember the path by the house the one time i didn't listen to you and i ran for the path to the woods i was about to put my foot on it and the path itself twisted like a snake and I put my foot back up and I turned around and I ran right back to the front porch <laughs> and I never did that again. Yeah, she 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 was a very tan kid. She always had darker skin than me and, and she looked pretty white when she came back up on the porch. <laughs> I said, you, you started to go up the hill, didn't you? Because, of course, I had seen where she was headed and, you know, walked up around the house and, and watched her and, and saw that, you know, she was just about to start going up there and then she turned and ran and I said, okay, good. All right. I don't have to run after her. No. Uh, now thinking yeah. of this stuff as like, like via, via cultural and I don't mean to take over and start asking. The no, question. no, do it. That's, that's also why we had you run was so a bunch of experiencers could story swap and like talk about stuff. <laughs> so uh, imagine transplanting that house. Okay, to uh, say a forest in Germany. Do you think he would have seen the same thing there, given all the same conditions? Whatever was there at that house transplants with you. I probably would have seen the lights as dwarven lanterns. 
um, or or will-o'-wisp spook lights more mm-hmm. than what they were, which is they were soft about fist-sized, softly glowing light balls in purple and green and blue and white and orange and red and gold um, that would dance. Mm-hmm. They would come closer and further away and dance around and mom says that they would come into the house um they never did luckily they never did when you yeah were they there. never did that when i was there nor do i remember them doing that i do remember them at the window one time and waking up because misha was losing her mind in the windowsill hissing and yowling and like smacking at them through the glass uh, misha was the cat. Not, not your younger sister or something no misha mm-hmm. misha's the cat I know. <laughs> she was she was uh she was probably my my true familiar for for reels and for trues she was, she a, was a fierce cat yeah i saw her attack a hawk that swooped down to try to catch her wow yeah she she leapt straight up and the hawk you did a u-turn just straight back up and <laughs> And that was, I was like, wow, I was getting worried because she was kind of elderly at that point and she really didn't want to live in the house anymore. So I was like, oh my God, there's a, a hawk. And I started running and nope. Yeah. Well, often predators will make that call. Like, this is not worth the calories. <laughs> this thing's going to fight. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, uh, but she was, she was really a, a smart cat and she was really, really tough. So, and she did not like the lights. I had a cat that would play with them if they came in the house, but she, she did not play. She was not playful. Kendra saw the lights too. It actually came. I remember there was one time I was crashing on your sofa and they came in. Yep. Because I remember the pattern of the cracks on the ceiling and how it just kind of highlighted that as it went by. It was really weird. They're very, it's so hard to describe to people the nature of the way they light things up because they're, they're almost it's almost like an internal light yeah but yet they do kind of kind of illuminate stuff around them but not the same yeah. way as mm-hmm. like if you were walking with a light bulb or something yes it's it's, it's very very hard to explain yeah it's 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 mm, the closest way i can sort of explain it is you know when you're at a club and they've got the ice machines going like the smoke machines going and the smoke itself is lit by something else. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. almost are like that. Yeah. Like it's it's they, they it's a light coming from them, but it's a dim, not very it's almost like it doesn't reflect off of other things quite right. This is the, the, yeah. the verbal acrobatics that, that everyone who has seen them does. <laughs> mm-hmm. no, and we all, it's like the, the, when I was saying, it's like, well, they were like flashlight beams, but you couldn't see the flash, like you wouldn't see mm-hmm. where the beams originated. You wouldn't yeah. see where it came from. They're just like flashlight beams. And, you know, it's so weird to, to describe them. And then. Yeah. And, and like, I can see them in my mind's eye, but like, yeah. I can't, you can't draw it. Like I would need glowing pens or something. Which is so frustrating when you get people to, well, first of all, if it's like happening in February and they're like, you saw fireflies, like, you know, no. you know the way no. it works. 
but uh, even during firefly season when people are like you saw fireflies I'm like they completely different fireflies. they don't They're come in i can't tell you fireflies don't come in purple man yeah that, well absolutely but or change size or or yeah you know, turn out when you hit them with a a, a laser or yeah. any any of these uh weird things but it's it's just you know if, you, if people haven't seen them there's just no convincing them yeah you know zach that that's my husband he he believed us that we saw because enough people had seen it in his presence that he knew they were there um he's more of a hearing mm -hmm. things person um so you know it wasn't like he disbelieved us he didn't um but he never saw them until the last night that we lived in that house the day before we moved out and moved into another house that had haunted woods, you know, on the other side of the County, almost in Vinton County, because, you know, it's Athens. So wherever you move, it's yeah. going to be weird if you are a weirdness magnet. Um, and we were laying there and I look up and there's a little red light and it looks like a laser pointer dot, except there's no, you can't see the beam. Mm -hmm. And he looked up. And then he reached and got his glasses and he looked at it and I said, you see it, don't you? And he said, yes. And so he goes and he starts fiddling with the, the blinds, you know, in the window, it, which of course doesn't change it. It, it moves around and he realizes, you know, he waves his arm where a beam would be. And of course it doesn't interrupt the light. He said, you're right. Oh my God. He's like, you see that all the time? I said, well, not all the time. I mean, they're not here in the daylight most of the time. And, uh, you know, they're not in the house all the time, but they're outside almost all the time every night. And he just shook his head. He was like, oh, my God, no wonder you never <laughs> sleep. He's like, no wonder you have insomnia. This this crap is going on all the time. I'm like, yeah. I was like that's that's what it is i said i'm glad you finally saw it he said i am too but I, I don't necessarily need to see it again um now that i know that those are out there he said because of course just because i can't see it doesn't mean it's not there it means it is there and i don't know it which is almost worse and i was like oh <laughs> yeah if you look at it that way hmm so yeah that that house i think if if we had been in germany the the white ladies that uh, Jess and I saw dancing around our apple trees still mm -hmm. would have been white ladies. They'd have, they'd have been uh, Weissfrau. But, uh, and the lights might have been the spirits of the dead children. What are those called? I don't remember. Perkta. But, mm -hmm. yes. Yes. It could have been, could or have been it them. Could have been the the dwarf and lanterns that's... from under the dwarven mounds on the mm -hmm. red and white pillars. Exactly, that rise up. because they came from the hills. Yeah. So right. it could have been like... that. And the and the Native Americans saw the little lights and always told people don't mm -hmm. follow those. Having had to tell somebody that once, that was fun. And I have seen them all my life. It, I don't see them constantly. I've ha I'll go a couple years. Like there'll be one house where nothing like that'll happen. And then the next house we'll see one or two and then there will be more. And then for another couple of years, nothing. If I'm at mom's though, they've happened consistently around the house 
the Crayola Fortress, um, the house that I live, moved in with you guys in Athens for the second time, that has consistently had the red spark firefly things that aren't fireflies, but are like the size yeah. of a firefly, but they're red sparks is what they look like. Yeah. I actually had a story from a local lady who in the nineties had an experience with one of those balls of light. It was blue and it was in daylight. It was early, early morning. She had spent the night camping out in the Hocking Hills, which is a couple counties over from us. Um, and they slept in the woods and they were sitting around the dying campfire smoking cigarettes. And she said this light sort of bobbed out of the woods and sort of hovered across the little tiny fire that they had lit as if looking at them. That's what she said. It was looking at us. She said, of course it didn't have eyes, but it felt like yeah. it was looking at us. And she said, I asked my girlfriend, do you, do you see that? And, and she said, Oh, I was hoping you hadn't <laughs> seen it. And maybe I didn't see it either. And so they agreed. Yes. They both were seeing it and, and they both felt like it was examining them. And then she said, quick as a flash, it buzzed between them. And so they were sitting about two feet apart and it buzzed between them and swept low and they felt a flush of heat and then it was gone. And they said it sounded like a, uh, um, a locust when <laughs> they fly that really yeah. quick buzz sound but when they reached down to, to take out another cigarette, because clearly they needed another one at that point, because it was like, what was that? She reached down and it had melted the cellophane oh, wow. on the pack. And it was still warm after, you know, she reached down to, to touch it. Um, it, it. She was like, and, and I'm glad we've never seen them since. So that's the only time I've, I've heard, locally of someone who had been close enough to to feel a physical yeah. effect from now that's it. interesting but you know the the one thing that consistently i hear people ascribe some sort of sentience to them mm -hmm. they'll say like oh they were it seemed like they were here to check us out um very interesting like, like, and that's consistent. Like, uh, you know, I talked, like I said, I talk to people from the podcast all the time and I'm always asking about lights and, you know, they, they'll talk about it in terms of like, it knew I was watching it or it was, or it was reactive to me, or it was, like I said, uh, often you'll hear like, I really felt like it, it was checking us out. Like it was interested in us. So uh, that is, uh, you know, one of these things that's just consistent with, with these lights that I find very, very fascinating. Yeah, they're they're definitely a a thing. Like they're I I always say they and I don't mean like I mean it is they, like as they are alive. And I don't know what they are exactly. Um but they they have always felt like they have a direction and a purpose and an intelligence. And 
most of the time they just seem to be going about their business. Um, when I spent the little sparks, the smaller, brighter spark ones in particular, just seem to be existing and doing their thing. It's the larger, softer globe ones that tend to be interested. Um, maybe, maybe they're like not interdimensional, but like a phase shift away and they're just visiting a foreign planet that happens to, they're like, oh, it's haunted. And then they see <laughs> us as ghosts and they're like, oh, what is that? That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised either. Yeah. I think the way I think about the light is the light is a product, but not the point. Yeah. Much like for humans, we create heat. But the heat is not the point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that that very much may be the case. Uh, certainly other stuff, other phenomena seems to go along with the lights, for sure. Just about every other, other <laughs> oh, phenomena yeah, yeah, seems yeah. to go. There's lights. With yeah, them. but I mean, even when we see the lights, it's very rare that we don't... Uh, have something else go along with it, you know? Yeah. I actually have a question. There's, so have you heard of anybody that, ex or have you experienced like a translucent blob? It, I can't say it hovers, but it, it doesn't touch the ground. Are you familiar with like a shmoo? Like yeah. from the cartoons. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah it's shaped kind of like that, but it's kind of a greenish, whitish, translucent. No, I mean not not personally. Uh, okay. If I've talked to somebody who said that, I'm trying to remember. You know, you get a lot of these reports of um, <laughs> uh, what do they call them? The, the predator-like things. The uh, yeah. glimmer man. The glimmers. Yeah. Calling it. Yeah. Uh, but. That specifically, I can't. I can't say that I have. Okay, I was curious because that's something that I experienced not far from where I had seen Mothman, <clears throat> and as I was always one kind of wondered if there was a relationship between those two kinds of sightings. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I feel like yeah. Mothman is one of the weirdest things. So, so which, yes, when, it you is. Walk, <laughs> when you say Mothman, mm -hmm. so, yeah, Mothman is a huge umbrella of things with wings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this it is, is. Real. it is like, like so it so is. which mothman did you see i it was the best way to describe it is it was massive it was a three-dimensional shadow and it had these these red eyes mm -hmm. and i've never experienced terror like that in my life wow now did it seem organic to you yeah mm -hmm. yeah very much so so wow yeah. Uh, was it uh, in flight or, or was it stationary? When you it was it? stationary. We were it, we were coming up on a curve and it was like in front of a big yellow sign on the part of the curve we didn't take. It was a fork of the road mm -hmm. and it was to the left and we were curving off to the right over a bridge. So so more of a a black figure, to, you would say? like a almost... mass, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it was yeah. huge. The, the the and and you know I find it incredibly amusing that 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 cryptozoologists are fascinated with with Mothman because it's it's so not like 
a creature you're going to capture in a net. Exactly. I mean, it's like this is yeah. every yeah, and and the descriptions are all over the board from from these bat squatch things that you know sound like a squatch with with bat wings to almost machine like entities you know people describe, and everything in between with these with these things with wings. I I, I find it incredibly fascinating, but you know, there's. I always make the joke of like, with these guys think they're going to what go out and find like a, a Mothman nest with some <laughs> baby Mothman eggs in it or something, you know? It's... Yeah. I, I get so irritated by, is it a cryptid or is it a spirit? I'm like, well, it may be solid, but yeah, it's not yeah. a cryptid. Cause that's, you know, if it doesn't flap its wings, it can't fly. That's not how physics works, yeah. children. The descriptions, the you way know, they lift off too, like with no effort, they just shoot up in the air. It's like that's not wings, you know? yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> wings effort to, and, and exactly. some push to get going. If you think of bats, like bats actually have to climb up a little bit. They can't. Bats can't take off from the flat ground. No, they can't. They need to climb up on something and then no. kind of drop into the air. Having rescued two bats in my life, no, they they cannot <laughs> lift yes. off the ground. Yes. <laughs> Yes, you have you to do. put them in a and tree, and it's really or... cute, and they're very happy. And I was really happy to help. Having them lived with bats, I'll just call you next time I get one in the house. Oh yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah. No, we we got one in the restaurant once, and I got a call from a coworker going, "We have a bat, and we don't know what to do, and it's really cute." <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, hang on, I got this. <laughs> and my grandmother's house had bats. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah, yeah. It had bats pretty much mm-hmm. every summer. There were, which bats. I thought was great because I was, was a, a thing. I think I was born a goth child. <laughs> <laughs> you were. So, we determined it was genetic because you hadn't been around me as much as a little tiny child to, you know, for it to ooge onto you. Isn't, so no, it was just it came isn't with it the amazing? genes. Like my son says that uh, of my daughter that that. Uh, as regards me that, that the, the apple just fell straight down and didn't bounce and didn't roll. (laughs) I didn't, I did not raise, you know, any one child different than the other. They're, they're, they're twins, you know, that they're, there's, I don't believe we even, you know, though they were boy girl, I don't believe we even, you know, intentionally raised one as a girl and one as a boy. We just raised kids. We're too busy. (laughs) And, and uh, <laughs> she, in some ways, is so much like me. Uh, it's it's scary. It's scary. She's a great artist and um, definitely has that that dark goth streak. That uh, that well, her mom had that too. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 fascinating to see. Yeah, it, and I do think that that some predilections like that just mm-hmm. are genetic. Kind of like the site. Yeah, kind of like I, I do. Kind of. I do. Well, that see, way. Now, in that aspect of things, my daughter actually thinks I'm ridiculous and possibly Good. schizophrenic. <laughs> Good for her. Maybe it'll never bother her. <laughs> yeah, she she's uh you know, but at uh, like I said, I was who was I talking to? I was talking to oh yeah, the the um I was editing the interview. I was telling the guy for for this week's strange familiars. Um, I said you know if 
if 48 year old me was talking to 23 year old me and telling him these stories, I think 23 year old me would have said like, shut up, old man, you're crazy. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So I've, I've softened, I softened towards this stuff a little bit. And maybe she will as well. Who knows? Has she have, have either of your twins ever really experienced? My son has had some very, very interesting sleep paralysis stuff, which he will not let me talk about. And he will not even tell me about if I get too interested, he will shut up because he knows I'm too fascinated, but he has had some wild stuff that I like, I really would love to have him on strange familiar (laughs) about this stuff and he won't do it. He won't do it. Poor kiddo. And he's very insistent. It's just sleep paralysis. Dad just like, Mm, but is it? But is it? Mm. <laughs> is it though? <laughs> but in, in uh, here's this book by Young. Yeah. Read yeah. this. Well, he he is a lot more interested. Like like he he has seen my shift, you know, towards uh, this the, the the wild man archetype uh, kind of idea, and as regards Bigfoot, and he's like, that's a lot more interesting than you know, a girl in the woods, dad, I, he's like, I, I'm, I'm way more interested in that. But at the same time, it's, this is all, you know, this is dad stuff. It's, it's, it's not even that they're skeptical. It's just, this is what dad does for a living. So it's boring. And yeah, I think, I think there's, an, there's, I mean, they are skeptical, I think on top of it, but, but yeah, I think there's a huge, yeah, obviously they're also skeptical, but it's, and then they get annoyed. Dad does they, it. <laughs> They get annoyed because their friends listen to the podcast <gasps> without knowing I'm their dad. Like, so their friends have found strange familiars without knowing Uh-oh. there's any connection. Oh, God. Like, oh, my friends listen to your podcast. Koi yeah. is going to be so frustrated with us. Oh, yeah. He won't listen. He won't listen to the That's podcast. That's my little brother. Mm. That's the 14 year old. Um, he won't listen to it. Um, I think probably because yeah. it gets creeped out enough just hearing Morgana mm. and I talk. He does get creeped out because it is creepy. And I can't blame him. The kid already has to deal, has had to deal with some spooky things in the Wean's life. Um, yeah. Mostly just the thing on the stairs, at least. The thing no, on the stairs and he doesn't mind creepy. the thing on the stairs mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. I think I'm lucky because my oldest is like, can I tell all my friends? <laughs> like, but so so Zoe, Zoe and Sid are like awesome. Though. They are. And they, Zoe, I could not ask for a better friend group than she has. They're just an amazing group of kids. I really miss the sleepovers. Oh, yeah. Never thought I would say I miss a house full of screaming teenage girls. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, Zoe's yeah. Zoe's an awesome. I kid. got lucky. Sleepover stopped by uh, COVID or by a, the, her aging out of it. COVID. Go, yeah. Yeah. I don't think they grow out yeah, of. Yeah, COVID sleepovers. is forced. I still have sleepovers. Yeah, I was gonna say, I, at least <laughs> for girls, we don't grow out of it. Yeah. We we just call it yeah. like girls' night instead of we're having a sleepover. <laughs> we drink whiskey instead and we of drink whiskey, <laughs> and that's the excuse for the sleepover. <laughs> is now we can't drive home, so we're just gonna go crash at our friend's place. Can I come to girls' night? Whiskey yes. Yes, you out? can. <laughs> yeah, no problem. You totally can. <laughs> 
We cook good food yeah. for yes, girls' night too. So nice, you know. Yeah, I've seen some of your your uh, Instagram food posts. I'm I'm salivating over here. <laughs> I was talking about it tonight. Ooh. The Middle Eastern food gets me. That's what? Oh, that. that's my favorite. If I could have Middle Eastern food every meal, I would. I don't blame you. And it's really good. It's not that hard. Yeah, to and we do now. some, but uh, you know, not everybody wants to cook all the time, Mom. I didn't. Sometimes want to cook I don't tonight, want to cook, which is why we had bean and bacon soup because I was not feeling it. So it was put stuff in a pot, call it done. <laughs> Yeah, no. nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with uh, that at all. Oh, I had another question. Um, and this is, this is, I don't know if this is from an other perspective or a mythic perspective or a witch perspective or what. Um, but one of the ways I sort of, part of why the way I deal with the other is I mom is always like well don't put it in boxes and i'm like well if it's going to introduce itself to me in a certain way i'm just gonna accept it that it's that way but also part of why i do that is out of a sort of protective instinct because in most in all myths really in all forms of the other there is an element of ritual that you can do with them. It can be guest rites. It can be sacrifice, sacrifices. It can be hospitality rules. But if you can engage the other in some way in that manner, and in a way, Sasquatch gifting is this. It's the old hospitality rules and the old, you know, offerings to the god of the forest yeah <laughs> like that's what it is that just mm -hmm. is what it is um but i've found if i can keep something in if i can frame it in my mind as a specific something i can then use some of the myth the archetypical rules and mythological rules of that culture and that's something to sort of interact with it in a safer way Mm -hmm. um which is sort of why i just kind of accept and move along that i just see them as the fae and because i see them as the fae i'm like well some of them i see some of them as the fae that's not the only thing i have to deal with <sighs> <laughs> i think when you have a set of rules they follow them it's a little extent. It's a little bit easier. And while well, they sometimes do and sometimes don't, they don't always, even even the, oh, yeah. the good folk will kind of go, oh, what's what's mine is mine oh, yeah, and what's yours is mine too. <laughs> you know that going well, exactly. in. Yeah, they will change the rules also in order to, you know, better benefit themselves. You know, sometimes I, I like your advice to people wanting to do gifting with the spirit of the forest or Bigfoot or whatever they're wanting to leave offerings to, however they, they see it um, saying, you know, do it, but mm -hmm. be cautious and follow the general rules. Um, 
that is one of the things I think is, is probably the best thing to say. Uh, because if you, if you violate the rules in any way, you've had the consequences of that by accident. And you talk about it in um, your mm -hmm. books and it, <laughs> that is rabid raccoons are <laughs> not cool. Um, <laughs> they are very, very uncool um, and very upsetting yeah. and uh, frightening, frankly. And, but it's not even just that. I mean, the whole idea that you will be punished. You know, sometimes I think if we lived in a tribal society, we'd be shamanic practitioners mm -hmm. of some sort that we'd be the ones going out into the woods or the fields, gaining knowledge and bringing it back for the betterment of the tribe. And because we live in a non-tribal society, we still bring knowledge back and we, we share it, but we don't do it in the, the normal quote unquote, normal ways that, that were done. We, in the there's past. no framework for the tribe. First of all, there's no tribe, but, if there, if there was exactly. a tribe, there's we don't have a framework in which that kind of work is appreciated in any way. Exactly, we've set up this uh, for you know decades, if not if not you know more than a century now, where you're crazy, you're crazy if you do this. You know, uh, I I often point to the the old newspaper articles, you know, which I collect for the the uh, Bigfoot encounters of old in these old newspapers. The tone has not changed from from the mid 1800s to now. It's the tone is still the same, you know. And, and if you see a modern news report on TV and they're talking about uh, UFOs, they will play the X Files uh, soundtrack, and they will make a if they talk about Bigfoot or UFOs or any of this stuff, they will make a dumb joke, even if either the whole segment will be a joke, or they will end with a dumb joke. Hundred percent. They will. They have to like like this wink, wink, nod, nod. We're not serious. We don't take this serious. And you know that framework goes back to to these old articles in in the 1800s. You can see the same thing. It's always uh, even if they talk about it, uh, you know, very seriously in the first part of the article, they'll end with a dumb joke. Not always, but often. So there's no like framework to to appreciate this work anymore in our culture. I, you know, maybe in small pockets here and there, but in general, it's uh, you know, we're like you said, we're crazy. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's real, you know, and, and, uh, it happens and, and, you know, weird stuff happens, you know, some things with, when you try to map, you know, stuff over the Bigfoot phenomena, some things kind of fit and, and fit well, but spirit gifting to Sasquatch gifting is a one-to-one -one map. Yeah. No, yeah. Like, I have, I'll not budge on that. At all. No, it, you shouldn't. Yeah, yeah it, uh -huh. it acts the exact same way, you know. The and it seems like the rules apply from. from yeah. Who? Yeah. I... Yeah, and that's. I think, I think the whole um, lacking a uh, a place for shamanic experience in in modern society, because again, we don't have tribes. Um. So, you know, I mean, we do sort of have tribes in a. 
yeah, sort you, of. You have to find your tribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of scattered like leaves. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you used to play music at at pagan festivals, which um, I used to go to a bunch of them. So, do you ever play at Starwood? Uh, was it Starwood or the one before that? Remember, they used to have one, two in a row, right? Right in yes. the same area. It was Starwood and and oh, Serious Rising. I think I played Serious Rising and not Starwood. I think. I was gonna say yeah, because I didn't. I went to Starwood for like ten or twelve years in a row. Yeah, I, I think I think we played Serious Rising, which is the smaller the, version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a nicer it's a nicer little festival. But by the time we started, you know, going to to Serious Rising, then Starwood was back. Now it's at in Athens of mm. all places. Really? Now it's not any fun because <laughs> it's like, well, I live here. I don't. I, I'm just not. <laughs> It's not time out of time, place out of place now. It's my time own backyard. here <laughs> in time and place in. I mean, Athens is always kind of time out of time, place out of place, but damn, it's no fun. Okay. okay. Now you're looking around at the trash on the ground going, hey, <laughs> I got to yeah. clean that up. That's my house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess pagans are kind of a tribe. Um, but you know, they squabble amongst themselves and, and they split off into though. tribelets because that's what we do. Um, but yeah, it just and and what's funny is I was talking with uh the guests we recorded last week about my my Bigfoot encounter, which was actually just a big bunch of howling and moving about in the woods being creepy. You know, even me. Even I, who believe in this stuff, was standing there listening to this god-awful racket going, that's not Bigfoot. (laughs) In my head, my head is going, that's Bigfoot. The other half of my head is, don't act like Mulder. Be like Scully. That's not Bigfoot. You know, you should go closer and see what it is. And the other half of my brain is going, nope, that's (laughs) that's." something nine feet tall bigger than you that you should not it's it's mad whatever it is is mad you shouldn't go out there so even people who have these experiences it's sort of ingrained in our brains to just be like no 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 and that was my experience and part of the reason i didn't talk about it was because i will support you and your experiences but no that did not happen to me with me, it takes the form of the further I get away from things, the more I'll start sort of like, well, maybe it wasn't that weird. And I've done it with those lights at, at that place we call Site 7 multiple times. Where I was like, maybe maybe it was something just natural. You know, maybe maybe I just I just was wrong, you know. And the, the further you get away from it, the more you do that. But then you go back and you see him again. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, this is truly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely the way it works. That yeah, I like to try and convince myself I was dreaming. <laughs> that's something I like to do. Um, and then I actually just checked in with mom about one of those, and I was like, "Did this really happen when I was like twelve? And she was like, "Oh yeah, that happened." <laughs> yeah, whatever it was, scratched the window. Yes, it did. Uh, yeah, and thank you. For, for confirming that because I wasn't sure if that had actually happened or not. And that was one of the scary things. That's why I sometimes won't 
met. I don't like to mess with it. Mm -hmm. Like my reality is that I see weird stuff all the time and hear weird things and stumble into strange things. And most of me is like, okay, we can accept that week. I've even gotten to the point where we're doing a podcast. We can talk about it. I'm friends with witches and they're always like, Morgana, we should have a coven. And I'm always like, nah, Ooh. son, mm -mm. I'm good. <laughs> I'm cool yeah, not doing that. <laughs> Because it's not that I don't necessarily believe in anything like that. If you make eye contact with it, you're responsible it, for exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, this is already weird enough. Mm -hmm. I don't need to throw stuff around that isn't just me warding the bejesus mm -hmm. out of my house out of pure self-defense. <laughs> as, as, as a person who's been witchy for mm, 40 years now. Oh, that's a long time. Um, you don't gotta do magic all the time. I don't want to. I mean, I say it, this with it, my altar behind me. But I know, that, right? That's I don't do things there. That's that's the thank you praying ancestor worship. Talk to the spirits it's still and magic, be thankful. But it is the thing about praying magic, not I'm going to go make spells happen. Magic, right? The thing about <laughs> younger witchy people is they do tend to like to. Do the do spell things. work and the things, and it it's manipulative. And I don't mean manipulative in a bad way necessarily. I just mean that they want they fiddle to fiddle with stuff. They want to fiddle make with happen. stuff, control things. And I did that. It wasn't good. It ramped up the weird really badly. It, it does. It does. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, so that's made where eye contact. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let me derail this with uh did you see a couple months ago where the the uh the witches on TikTok were going to curse, curse the moon? Curse the moon? Yeah, TikTok so much. Koi Koi told me about that and I was just like you can't curse the damn moon. Well, oh apparently they were going to curse the fae too and I was, yeah. I was like oh, I heard about idea. this all of my witch friends lost their damn minds. <laughs> And we're like, Morgana, did you hear this? I'm like, my name is Morgana, and somebody's threatening to curse the Fae. Of course, I've heard about this. <laughs> <laughs> my little my little informants have come and told me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's like, I, and I, I saw, you know, many, many people comment. In Exactly. I that was that was my general feeling was yeah. <laughs> exactly. Knock yourself out. You were saying to I don't remember what I was saying. <laughs> Something is a Marian. Oh oh yeah, 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 yeah. So as 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 a Marian, you know, this uh, I was very uh you know close personal relationship with with the uh, blessed virgin mary my son often makes blasphemous uh, jokes and i always say uh i'm gonna step up over 10 feet here so when the lightning comes down uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm out of the range i did not know that that was somebody you spoke to that's awesome she's a very nice lady yeah i mean it, it's something i you know it's, i'd say i'm culturally catholic because uh i'm i'm probably uh not not a good catholic <laughs> i feel you <ya. laughs> uh, uh, 
and uh, to, to increase the conundrum and, and to mess with people's heads a little bit. But it's true. I often, when people try to pin me down, I say, well, what are you? What do you believe? I was like, well, I'm a Marian animist. And that really, like, people like try to make that work in their head and they, like they can't do it. But uh, for me... It's not that weird for me. But... Okay, but we're a really weird family. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, if you get it, you get it. Um, and, if you know, to his credit, when when I had uh, Brother Richard, the, the uh, Francescan um, monk on the show... He was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> like, so that kind of made me, made the uh, Catholic boy inside of me feel a little better about all that. But no, um, I tried to, like, in my 20s, I got real interested in that, the whole, like, um, holy blood, holy grail, the, like, Merovingian bloodline and Rennes-le-Chateau and all that that jazz and the, that whole mystery of that. And... Uh, Mary Magdalene plays a, a big part in that. And I really like, you know, it's, it's like a much cooler, she's like a little more rebellious, you know? And I tried to like, like be like, like that's, that's going to be my sort of a, uh, you know, Catholic goddess figure. You know, I'm going to be, it's going to, I'm going to be really into Mary Magdalene and something's just, I couldn't get away from, from blessed Virgin Mary. It's just, she keeps, you know, asserting herself <laughs> and, and, and answering prayers, you know, uh, which is, it's it's I I'll you know I've I've tried to uh, people have tried to convert me in various ways to to uh, various things and I, and I just say you're not going to win because <laughs> my children were not supposed to live and and they're here now and you know there's no there's no battling that like yeah. this you're not going to convince me you belong to a goddess mm -hmm. already yeah yeah and it's it's. And I don't care. I've reached the point where I, if you tell me she's a form of the goddess, I'm totally cool with that. If you tell me she was a real person and this is like some form of like weird ancestor worship, I'm cool with that. If you tell me she's a, just a concept, I'm absolutely cool. I don't care anymore. Yeah, I can tell matter. you like it, it works. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, it 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 works for me. You know, she she and I uh, we're we're tight. We're, we're good together. So, um. I don't care. You know, I, I really, I literally like have stopped wrestling with it and I'm much happier for that. Honestly, yeah. like trying to figure out like, do I, am I Catholic? Am I this? Am I that? And would it, nah, it's just, it works, you know, and you get, get out of the way of, yeah. of things sometimes. Native it's American like, animist. I belong to coyote. I don't know what I did to deserve that in mm -hmm. a former life. It's funny because I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school um, up through junior high. And you, it's like you never quite completely leave. There's always that part of you that stays there. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. part of it's the culture, but part of it is, I don't know, the ritual, the, the feel. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I get it. It's, I, I imagine, you know, that's, that's why, uh, even non-believing Jewish people still consider themselves Jewish. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's probably a very, very similar thing. It's like, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's ingrained in a way. Yeah. <laughs> and even despite the history of the church, you know, it's like people will say, well, what about these things? It's like, yes. Oh I yeah. There's, that. there's some horrible things there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, no denying it. There's still, absolutely yeah. like, horrible things that, that, you know, you you hope at some point can be addressed, and and you yeah. know maybe maybe they can be fixed, and maybe they can't. You know, yeah, it's. 
but you can take, you know, I think a problem with, with, uh, some aspects of modern culture is they want to throw the baby with the bathwater all the time, you know, and, and out goes every redeemable thing because, because there's a, you know, uh, because the bathwater's dirty. And I, I think that's, it's not a sustainable way to move forward culturally. We're going to have a very, very stale culture if we keep doing that. Yeah. I think that's an American tendency. We tend to latch onto something and if we like it, and then we just run with it to the extreme Mm -hmm. and stop that guys. I mean, like American Zen Buddhism can just be, Ooh, we just keep going, you know? And it's like, no, that's not, no, don't do. Oh, yeah. It's it's the tendency for, for that black and white thinking. Yeah. That, you know, by literally binary thinking where it's, it's one thing or it's another. And it's like, wow, there's, most things aren't, you know, <laughs> very well, few things are yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you see that across the board, it's people believe you're either all in or mm-hmm. all out. They don't mm-hmm. understand that you can exist a little of both. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that I you mean, can acknowledge the imperfections and still respect it and still, yeah. Not to throw, and I don't want to talk politics and not to throw no. this that way, but, but it's, if yeah. you criticize one party, they'll immediately say, Oh, well, you must be the other party. And you're like, and no, you know, <laughs> Yeah. No, I. That's not the case. Yeah. It's, it's that binary thinking where you, if right. if you don't like this, you must be that. It's like, yeah. Well, no, I'm I'm that's, not. That's, that's one of the problems with having a two party system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because then you if then loop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Messy. Very messy. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. annoying. Messy. Absolutely. Though people are messy, and I think the binary thinking is an attempt to make it less messy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's right. it's it it helps try to you know make it a little more sane, I guess, if you can if you can Caesar to think about things either or as opposed to spectrum. I'm making hand movements. The listeners can't. It's- do that. <laughs> That's okay. We do it all the time. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, but you're right, and that that let's bring it back around to the other. It's not just this thing or that thing yeah it's both it's both personal and universal it is culturally bound and worldwide Mm -hmm. it is you know uh, it's both and neither and it that's slippery and annoying and (laughs) those kinds of thoughts are very difficult for humans to grab onto and, and it requires wrestling and intellectualism and emotion at the same time, because again, it's, it's not just concept or thought. It is also emotion driven. Right. And, and that's where the trickster comes into it. And, and I say that with, with trepidation, because I think, because there are trickster gods and these trickster archetypes and so forth. And when you say that, I think people think you're, you're assigning that to it, you know, but there is this trickster element to it, you know, that, that when you think you've got it pinned down, it's going to, it's going to squirm and be something else. Exactly. Exactly. That was, it was just like when I was like, Oh, fairies don't look like 
you know, Tinkerbell ever. That's a Victorian, then mm. the Walt Disney thing. And yeah, that's what that is. And then boom, I can look like whatever I want to. There you go. Yeah. Brain stopped because it slammed into my forehead and scared the crap out of me because it was, it was not a slap in the face, but it might as well have been. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that funny though? Like, oh, we can't? Well, <laughs> yeah, we can. Yeah. Show you what I think of that girl. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also creepy because they it's always there. Yes. I, I do think there's an element of all pervasiveness to this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, which I think makes people uncomfortable, which makes me uncomfortable personally, still a little bit to this day. I well, I enjoy a break from it sometimes, yeah, you know? I know, and and I often recommend people like it's not good to get obsessed with anything, and uh, you know, I often say like you know, take a break and go watch a superhero movie or something like completely silly that's outside of the realm of this stuff because um, it can it can be unhealthily uh, obsessive and and i've certainly gone there myself where i've yeah. you know yeah. thought of nothing else for you know weeks yeah. at a time and and uh sometimes it's good just to just to turn off and, and yeah let your I, brain go elsewhere that's Maybe. what i loved about the land we lived on we live on now is it was just at peace very comfortable until whatever it is showed up and started messing with things, but that's kind of backdrop backdrop at the moment. Yeah, I I think we bring stuff with us, or we wake stuff up somehow. Yeah, well, I was gonna when when your mom talked about moving, and then while well, we moved to another place with haunted woods, well, were the woods haunted or are you haunted? I mean, yeah, it's a good yeah. question. Yeah, it's a yeah. really good question. Yeah. We've mom and I've actually been talking about that lately. Um, and I, I mean, you don't have the answer. I don't have the answer either. It's just, right. either, I think it's both. Could be, it I could absolutely be. Yeah. It's certainly when you, and Barbara, we were talking about this, I think in, in text messages or a comment thread or somewhere about different combinations of people and how, when yeah. you throw them. Yeah. But place does seem to have like, there, there do seem to be places that, that are more active for, for whatever reason, you know? Yeah. And, but then you throw these different combinations of people in there and, and, you know, let's see what happens. Like, you know. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's been a, like, for whatever reason, Soraya and I, I don't know. We, it's like, we haven't, it's like we cancel each other out. Maybe. I don't know as far as seeing stuff, but. Uh, and Joshua doesn't see things either. Does he? He, well, he says he doesn't, but uh -huh. he, he didn't when he was here for sure. It was, it was like we went out to uh, that area, Site 7. It was as dead as it's ever been. And that's how I describe it. It, like, it just feels dead. It feels completely yeah. dead. In fact, I thought it was until I went back out with Chad and it was like crazier than it's ever been. <laughs> like, a, like a light show at a concert out there. It was just madness. <laughs> so, um, you know, and maybe that's just the time of year or maybe it's. The, you know the combinations of people like i was saying i, I don't know uh chad and i pretty consistently i almost feel weird about it because we you know we we talk about so often that we go out and stuff happens now you don't hear the the episodes where nothing happens because like, <laughs> why, why publish them you know like why turn that into an episode if nothing happens it's it's not going to be on the podcast but 
we have a lot of crazy stuff and it's uh, at some point i know people are gonna be like ah, you, every time you guys go out something doesn't happen it's like well no not every time but way more often than you'd think like pretty dependably uh weird stuff happens and i don't know i don't know what that is kendra and i have that kind of luck usually that's mm-hmm. yeah Hey, let's go and see if we can find that graveyard up a Peach Ridge. Da da da. And then, you know, the redneck tree tried to kill us. Oh my and, God, yeah. That tree. <laughs> the tree tried to kill Warren and I. That tree is an awful tree. I hope it's gone. <laughs> oh my God. A redneck it's, tree. It is. It is this big. Think of a graveyard tree. That's what it looks like. And it's on this curve. So you come up this hill, and right as you crest the hill, there's. It drops down to a, a 90 degree curve and there's this asshole tree. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all of a sudden it's right there and you're sure you're going to hit it and nothing good comes after that. We ended up <laughs> off the road, almost tumbling down the side of the hill. We're holding on by the sides of the tires. Oh my God. We had to get a tow truck. We had to wander around in the pitch black find some house to knock on their door like a couple of college idiots. <laughs> oh, that tree. See, that didn't happen when it was with me. That was you and no, Warren. That was Warren, Warren makes the bad things happen. Yeah, he did. <laughs> we just scared ourselves to death with that stupid tree. Yeah. He did not maintain composure when going over that hill. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I I have encountered that tree. I hate that tree. Actually, a tree can um, die in a fire. Brittany Brittany and I encountered that tree. Uh, Brittany and I encountered that tree on one of our late night, let's just drive around in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. Uh, And I think the only reason I didn't die is I remembered where we were and I was like, wait, I think this is the hill where the redneck tree is. (laughs) So when it loomed out of the darkness and she screamed, I said, don't worry, there's the roads that goes this way. Does this, and, does this tree have like truck nuts hanging from it or something? <laughs> what, what, what makes it a redneck tree? It it looks menacing in a deliverance it looks like way. it has a face for one it, thing. It, it really does. I don't know why you hear banjos in your head when you look at it. I'm saying this is someone from West Virginia, born and I don't hear banjos. I hear the sound of the inside of a coffin. I hate that tree. It is really scary. <laughs> It looks like it has a face and it looks like it has arms. And it's reaching out at it's you. It's massive. Like it and is. it's this gigantic, twisted, messed up tree that is right on the edge of the road and a curve that's kind of a blind curve. And, you know, I mean, we live, I mean, you live in Appalachia, you know, you know, country roads and how ridiculous they are. Um, and And we're used to driving them too, but sometimes those signs that they put up for those curves lie. (laughs) And this one, it lies. It It doesn't tell you that this is the killer turn that is going to let that. I think if they have a, a, a the highway department has a deal with that tree that it's like, (laughs) okay, we'll put a lying sign up there and you'll get your sacrifices and you'll leave us alone. It needs to stay 15 miles an hour or die. People do hit the tree too. It actually, I'm sure, hit it. Like, it it is a thing. I'm sure it's better Um, to hit the tree than go down the side of that hill. Well, that's because for some reason Ohio doesn't believe in guardrails, and I still don't grasp why. 
Yeah, West Virginia at least believes in those. Well, honestly, that's because if you go off the road in most of West Virginia, it's not going to be like a nice, your car rolls twice and you're done. You're going to like no. plunge off a hundred foot precipice into old growth forest and be smashed to bits. Yeah. It's, is like... there more rock? Is there more rock over there? No, just the hills are much yeah. higher. Okay. And, and jagged I mean, there's also rock. Yeah. But it's yeah. You've I, only driven in in tame West Virginia. You've never driven in the crazy back roads that I've, we have. I've always described I've described West Virginia as Pennsylvania on steroids. That's, yes, like we've got the hills and mountains, but boy, like yeah. it, it's like amplified in West yeah. Virginia. Well, thank you for coming. Yeah. Oh, thank you for and having me. Talking with us about all the things. All sure. stuff. Yeah, um, so do you know when the second volume of where the where the footprints end? Because we're all waiting with bated breath. Everything's done but the cover. I'm waiting Yay! on the waiting on the colorist. <laughs> and he's usually very quick. He usually gets it done in a weekend and he's taken months now. And it's um Oh god. A little bit worrisome. Yeah. That's so. gotta be harsh. Yeah. Um Great guy, great fantastic. I mean, super talented, and uh, you know, I uh, just kind of waiting on him at this point, though. So, but the the interior is all done. So I, I've begun writing the, the the other books. So it's, it's so yeah, it's that done. <laughs> but uh, waiting on the cover, and um, you know, it's it's going to depend on uh if how quickly they can get proof to me the other volume was like right at the beginning of covid and they were taking a many many uh days to get proofs to us a really long yeah. time so hopefully they're better they seem to have gotten better uh as far as getting physical copies of the books out uh over time so hopefully the proofs will will be you know quicker this time too if that's the case hopefully still in time for christmas but we'll see nice excellent Excellent. Well, thank you for uh, coming to uh, talk with us and maybe we can get you to come back sometime. Yeah. That, that was fun. That was Anytime. Just let me know. Thank Happy you. All right. Yay. All right. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Until next time, keep your eyes on the skies. Salt across your doorstep. And whatever you do, don't follow the little lights into the woods. Nope. 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 Just no.